Hello, and welcome to Ernie Ball's Striking a Chord podcast. I'm Evan Ball. Today on the show, I have a fantastic conversation with Kid Bloom. In this episode, I speak with Kid Bloom about many things, including what it was like growing up in Los Angeles, a dynamic city with distinct character and peculiarities. We talk about his music gaining traction without a label, some of his more noteworthy gigs, and creating music on guitar or piano versus within a DAW, such as Ableton Live. And we have a great conversation on reaching the point or the mindset or maybe the comfort level where you're honestly creating the music you want to create. I think it's probably a harder place to get to than we might think. All right, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Kid Bloom. Kid Bloom, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's a, it's a true honor. I'm a, I'm a longtime Ernie Ball guy. I got, Love I'm, actually it. Looking at, I'm actually looking at, what do I use? I use the uh, slinky top, heavy bottom. Well, that's perfect. That was going to be my last question, but let's, let's lead with that. <laughs> perfect. Okay. I do. I would like to back up and get some background before we get to the present. Where did you grow up? I grew up mainly in, um, in Studio City, California. So it's like the valley. All right. When I, when, so my parents aren't like from here. They're my, my parents are European. My father's from Austria. My mom's from Luxembourg. And they came here to kind of like, you know, work in the industry themselves and fulfill their dreams. And then out of that, I think just like, you know, it allowed me to feel like I could do whatever the hell I wanted as far as, as far as that concerns, you know what I mean? As far as like following a dream or, or, or whatever have you. But I grew up here for the most part with then every once in a while going back to like, you know, visit the family in Europe. But I actually am, I speak German. So I, ha- I actually identify very closely to my European side, but I'm definitely a California boy for sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, that's great. So your parents came here to get into the music business? Yeah. So kind of half and half. My mother is, um, my mother's an actress and a producer and a director and all of that cool shit. And she at that time was an actress who as well was following her dream here, but she's also very, very, and had been already established in Europe, which is still the case. So her work is there. Really? Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of weird. It's, it's, it's been, Throughout my life, it's been like a little bit of both. You know what I mean? My, my, I have a sibling as well. I have two sisters, but my, my oldest of the two sisters, um, she goes back more than I do. And she like went to school out there and I kind of decided to just stay here. You know what I mean? I kind of decided to kind of, you know, jump, jump into the waters here. Okay. So did you, sorry, did you say she's from Luxembourg? Uh, Yes, my mother is. Okay. Is that where the hub of her acting is? Germany is her biggest market. That's where... She right. lives in Luxembourg, but she works primarily in Germany. Okay, gotcha. So LA, uh, yeah, growing up in LA could look like so many different things. It's such a big oh, place. Oh, it did, dude. It did. For me, it fucking did. Was it a good place for you? I mean, to be honest with you, yes and no. Like, yes and no. And I might even put no first because I, I, fell, I fell into very many... Um, I mean, I, I want to be careful with how I say this because it could be super freaking cheesy. But, um, like I lost myself so many times, like in the process of all this, like, and whether that be to, you know, bad habits, um, people that like, 
I thought were my friends or that I thought I had to impress with silly shit. And then I think the greatest thing was out of all of that here in Los Angeles, I kind of like found a way to retreat into like my own thing. Like, I don't know, just kind of away from all of that. And it did, it didn't happen until like literally a year or two ago. I wasn't able to fully, you know, retreat into what I do and, and my world at all. I was just so, you know, it's a lot of acting like, you know, what you're doing in this town. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, and I think I fell into that, dude. I fell into that for sure. I was like, oh, dude, I could just talk about what I do and (laughs) then I'm doing it, you know? Gotcha. Were you ever pursuing acting or was this always music? I'm going to be honest with you. I tried it once. I went off to like an audition once and it very quickly proved to be something that I just don't know how to flex the creative muscle for or, or just something that I'm just not, you know, that just doesn't really come naturally to me. Like music, when I, you know, the nervousness before I get on stage or I play something, is like a good kind of nervousness, but the nervousness I felt from acting was like, I wanted to throw up all the time. So right, okay. <laughs> for now, I think I, I just, I have a lot to say when it comes to music. <laughs> yeah. Before we get deeper into music, any, any hobbies, sports growing up? Oh yeah. Soccer, dude. Oh, I that's what I like to hear. Love. I still dude. some cat. No, it's actually, if I'm going to be honest, there's this, okay. So I have, I love him so much. Um, he's the guitar player, the lead guitar player in the band. And his name is Dan and he's from Australia, dude. And he, him and I, like, uh, our favorite thing is just kicking a soccer ball around and like having a soccer ball on tour and shit like that. That's how we, that's how we get away with it now. <laughs> like not too much running, but yeah, dude, that was honestly my first love. I wanted to be a professional soccer player. Oh, that's so cool. That's, that's a big passion of mine too. Really? Although now as an older gentleman, I'm sort of living through my daughter's club soccer. Oh, I love She's it. really into it. So I'm just kind of this weird soccer dad now who gets really into dude, it. I love that. I love that. I was, I was also a club uh, player. I played, um, played Valley United. Okay. <laughs> that makes sense, right? Studio City. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Valley United. So do you follow soccer at this point? I'm a huge, obviously when the world, like soccer, just like in the energy and like being from Europe, it's, it's like, well, not from, but like having blood. Sure. Um, it just, I, I don't know. It's like when the, you know, the world cup, it sounds so cheesy, but when the world cups around, I'm obviously following um, it just the same way that everyone follows these basketball tournaments, you know? Okay. That's funny. I'm completely in the same boat. Like when the world cup rolls around or even a big tournament like uh euro cup or yeah of course i'm all in i love it that's great yeah and you know big into the u.s national team and i was actually in europe for a few world cups just happened to be there so dude it's so fun by the way by any chance uh it's 2006 i was in dude i was at that world cup really final 2006 where zidane hit the where the zidane did the thing Oh, that's, that's so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Remember when Zidane headbutted the dude? Like, yeah, yeah. That was it. That's like what he's, he's, his whole career, it comes down to that moment now. That's what Mm -hmm. he's known for. Oh man. Yeah. That's another thing. Yeah. So wait, that was Italy, France. That was Italy, France. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. And my mother being from Italy and also having French background because Luxembourg and all that, there was a lot of turmoil uh, (laughs) with her on who to support. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I was in Madrid. So there was definitely like a little, uh, a group of Italians made their presence known going through the streets. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm sure. All right, moving on. So when does music come into the picture? Honestly, pretty damn late. It was interesting for me because I like spent most of my time when I started like 
really like I, I wasn't just I wasn't I wasn't really proud of what I was doing. Like um, I I was having a hard time finding my identity in the whole thing. And I really one thing that really freaking bothered me is like, what am I saying? Like, you know, what 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 am I talking about? And then it, there kind of came a point, you know, after high school, where I really started taking music seriously and arguably too seriously at the beginning because I, um, you know, there was a lot of pressure in, especially in Los Angeles and in the States to go to college. Right. And in right out of high school, I felt like, fuck, if I don't, first of all, if I don't get accepted to at least an Ivy league, you know what I mean? I'm an asshole. And second, if I don't go, I'm a failure. So all of that being completely false, which I found out later, I went to, I took the easiest route and got accepted to Berkeley College of Music, which I attended for really? one semester. Yeah, weird, right? Oh. And I attended it for one semester, um, was completely heartbroken by the experience and came home and just like started sitting in dusty rooms and like fucking making this shit that I wasn't proud of. And that's now where I'm getting to. That was like the first EP that I brought out. And then the second, and then the, you know, the third one even, I mean, the one third one's Lemonhead, which I, which, you know, started my exploration of, of like what it would be like to just make music myself out of myself. And so basically what I mean to say with this, I wasn't signed and I was really just trying to focus too much on all the external bullshit that music had to offer, meaning the fans, the touring, the stuff that I wasn't doing. Then it wasn't until I really learned to calm down and, and just like, okay, what am I saying? Let, let me take the time for myself to make music. And that's actually, believe it or not, Evan, like where I am right now, dude. Like, you know, I just brought out Blood Sugar and I really like that EP. I like moments of that EP, but it's still, it's st I'm, you can still, in my opinion here that I'm struggling to find, not struggling, but yearning to find my voice and my identity in the whole thing. No, that's interesting how you see it that way. Yeah. I absolutely see it that way. Yeah. Um, like without a doubt, as a matter of fact, that's how it fucking is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I guess you'd know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what I mean to then, like, I'm sorry, I'm just giving you a quick synopsis of it, sure. but literally right now standing in front of this blood sugar thing that I put out and still feeling somewhat of a watered down version of not being fully, fully me from top to bottom. I'm working on a record right now, which is my next release which I very am, am very happy to say it's like some of the stuff that I'm most excited to put out ever in my life. So I think it just recently kind of got, you know, like I'm still fighting it off. I'm still there. So what do you mean? I mean, you feel like you're not being honest enough with yourself when you're writing it or your, <laughs> your, your frame of mind or I think, I think that those have a thing to do with it, of course. Right. Because if you're not in the right frame of mind or if you're not, honest with yourself, it, you know, it, it's just not going to be. So I think that has a thing to do with it. But on top of it, I think it has a lot for me of just letting go and making the music that I want to make and not worrying about anything else. You know what I mean? Just making the music that I would like to play that I'm proud of. So in the past, you feel like you've still in the back of your mind, you've been worrying about what other people think or what you should do. Or... Oh, for, without a doubt, without a doubt. I mean, okay. I could have saved us five minutes by saying it like that, no, but this is great. Um, I think, I think like worrying about worrying about what other people, what other people think about your work is, is like the death of your work. Yeah. And it's so a part of, human beings and even even um here's another crazy thing dude i 
Remember I was telling you earlier how like in Los Angeles, I might've fallen into bad habits growing up. Yeah. Well, one of those being extensive drug use, which wasn't like, don't get me wrong. I'm not like some crazy junkie, but I was, you know, I just had some bad habits, which led to me having to get a crazy vocal surgery. I had a huge polyp in my throat, which what's even crazier about this is I like saying the first three DPs not even singing correctly. And now Blood Sugar, even some of those songs on there have recordings of me still with the polyp. Whoa. Now on this new record, yeah, dude, now on this new record, bro, I'm, I'm singing like I've never sung before. So wait, you really, is that related to drug use or, or you're singing? Well, I don't, it was singing wrong for sure, but yeah. I mean, that stuff doesn't help, you know? Like, yeah. Like, it doesn't like help. Smoke? Yeah. A lot of cigarette smoking and, and I was also, you know, I fell into doing, you know, the marching powder, if you will. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't want to be someone that's maybe even quiet about that because a lot of kids fall into that here unknowingly. Right. Um, and I was one of them. And I was literally like, I'm not addicted to this stuff. And then, you know, when some, most of the time when it feels best, it's often too late. So that's kind of like out of all of the, out of all of that and all of that damage that I did to myself and overcoming it, that's a lot, um, a lot of where this music is coming from now, the new stuff. Yeah. Hey, when did guitar come in? Well, actually, the fact that you got into Berkeley College of Music means you must have been fairly engaged in music during high school. W was this guitar centric or? Yeah, actually, guitar was first. As a, as a matter of fact, that's like where it all started. Um, any excuse to play the guitar. Um, the guitar was like my vessel, dude. It's like it didn't. I was so frustrated because I was trying to write like Jack White esque songs when yeah. I started, you know, like riff heavy uh -huh. guitar music. And that, that wasn't coming out all too well. And it just didn't, it made me mad what I was writing. <laughs> yeah. and, and, then, and then I had to take, this is interesting. Check this out. So I consider myself be the most proficient at guitar out of all the instruments that I know how to play because I started playing it. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. the first one. Yeah. And I've been playing it for like almost 15 years now, maybe more. Um, but what's interesting is there came a point like in Berkeley and after high school where my dad was once like, yo, you should, you should just try like writing songs on piano. You write different songs on piano. And believe it or not, my main songwriting instrument is piano. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And I had to, you know, what's really cool about that is like when I'm recording and I do all that. And then afterwards when it's guitar time, it's like nerd time. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's like nerdy. Like, okay, cool. Let's do a, a queen like harmony here. Let's do a six different tones for this part. You know, like it's just nerd time. And that's a way that I've kind of figured out to do it now. But in high school, man, that was it. I was just literally Angus Young. Derek Were you Trucks, playing in bands in high school? Yeah, for sure. So when does the, the electronic element come in? Is, is GarageBand a gateway or Pro Tools or something? Or is it more just straight on, on a synth? I think it's, so it's Ableton for me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, which I cannot, I cannot see. Here's how I describe Ableton to my friends. Ready? Ableton takes your idea and says, that's cool. Try it like this. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? It has this. Yeah. Ableton's kind of this black box for me. I've heard all these cool things that pique my interest, but I've never actually tried it. Dude, you have to try it. Is it a lot different from Logic or Pro Tools? It's different, but I think it is and it isn't. It's almost, in my opinion, it's so straightforward, but it's so user-friendly. But at the same time, it's, I, I see it as weirdly enough, almost its own instrument in some ways. Yeah. And for me, that's cool because I get fucking pissed when I sit in front of Pro Tools. You know what I mean? Like I can't sit in front of it for eight hours, but Ableton for some reason allows me to do that. And don't get me wrong. After I create all of the, you know, the fun stuff, it goes into uh, Pro Tools for mixing. Oh, okay. But you're really creating your songs in Ableton. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. So does Ableton have like really cool and, and different electronic instruments and sounds built in that maybe other... Well, I'm going to be honest the way... Yes, it does. Uh-huh. But I think the way you get any sound that is unique to you is you do a little bit of digging. You do a little bit of experimenting. And one thing that Ableton is very, very good with is synths and sounds that are created by users. You know what I mean? Mm. Like you could, Evan, if you were, if you were a whiz, you could code yourself a synth right now and then use it on Ableton very easily, you know? Yeah. So basically a lot of my shit too, is I've been like scouring all these different synth sounds and modeling them and snares and sitting there and recording them and then just kind of having my own sound library, you know? And that is something that works really great in Ableton. But on top of everything, this is the biggest one. The clocks in Ableton are amazing. Like you can stop and speed up, sorry, slow down and speed up music very easily and also warp audio with almost literally a microscopic amount of artifacts, like very, very, very little late. Like, you know what I mean? You can't tell. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And that's why it's, that's why I really love it. It's like, you know what? It's changed my sound because it's like a DJ's interface. It's like thinking about music like that, but then kind of plugging it into like my medium, which is, more of this like 70s, 60s influenced and then also 80s pop. Right, right. No, I'm definitely intrigued. I think I got to I got to get Ableton. It's about Dude, time. I think you should. I would love I would love on our next phone call, I'll give you all all my my secrets. Yeah. I mean that that's one of my happy places if I have time to just I I just use Logic, but but just having time where I, I can just get lost in there messing with sounds and, and just creating music that way more more than i do on my guitar and I, I consider myself a guitar player but it's different it's like and also i've kind of come down to the fact that when you're making music and especially nowadays because what's what's taken from music is energy every time and i learned this from my a and r um at, at electric feel his name is jerry and I would send him mixes that sounded like ass but he was like bro this is amazing the energy is fantastic And then he started always talking about energy. And once you start paying attention to energy over how audio sounds, it can very drastically change how you write music. And with Ableton, sorry, I think it's easy for us musicians to now sit there and constantly like hype ourselves up with what's coming out of these speakers. And that's oftentimes very hard to do just on a guitar, you know? Yeah, right. It's like we have to create our own... Our, we're like, you know, we have to create our soundscape and blast it into our faces for eight hours to fully conceptualize where the energy can be taken. Whereas that step kind of starts after you write the song, which by the way, I don't have any qualms with writing a song on an instrument than producing it. I think that is a very, you know, that is the like 
ground zero of songwriting is writing it on a piano or, or on a guitar and then producing it. That's a beautiful way of doing it. And I have done that and it sounds great, but those songs sound different from the ones that you, you know, create all at once on a DAW or something like that. Yeah. So was this electronic element present when you were going to Berkeley or in high school? It sounds like in high school, you're more rock guitar. So when does the electronic stuff come in? Okay. So out of, out of, High school, went to college, still very rock guitar, pissed off at the whole world for not liking rock music. <laughs> then, then, then like, you know, this hip hop shift happened, which I, I'll be the first one to say when, you know, like this huge boom in like trap music started, I was so reluctant to it, but now I fucking love it. Oh my God. I'm like using, you know, trap influenced sounds and, and feelings and energies in my music now. So I think it kind of started with that, like just kind of hearing that so far right type of music from what I make to then start to have to think, okay, how can I somehow make, don't have to, I don't have to copy it, but how can I somehow make music that can live in not how that music sounds, but how that energy is. Yeah. And that's where it started for me. It's like, cause, cause you can, you know, you can easily copy how something sounds, but if you have a song that has the same amount of energy as something else, it can live in those realms. So how does your music start to gain popularity? Because it looks like for a long time you're putting out your music yourself. So how does it spread? I think, you know, I have to say, oh, and I'm sorry, I forgot to tell you the, the main answer to your question beforehand was electronics really started for me out of like, literally just trying to push myself as far out of the Jack White situation as possible. Oh, so it was intentional. Yeah, totally. It started as just to push myself as far away from guitar music to see what the fuck would happen if I was synths, drums, and bass first, you know? Yeah. And that's kind of how that happened. And now I'm even trying to find how to de-electrify it as <laughs> much as I can. You know what I mean? With yeah. all my instruments and all that stuff. Sorry, that was your <laughs> that was no, the, that's great. The, yeah. the short answer. Thank you. So your next your next question was how did your music start to spread and gain popularity? Right. Dude, I have no idea. I think it just happened when I let go. But I will also say that I have really, really many talented friends that were doing you know, much better than I in, in this field. When I started, for example, you have The Neighborhood. You have this band called Honey. You have this band called Bad Sons. Um, they're all really good friends of mine and of all the <clears throat> musicians and and people, you know, in LA, they're some of the best. They are the best. And they're do they were doing really well. And they took me out on tour. Um, each one of them, every single one of them took me out. Um, and we played shows together. And that helped a lot with the LA scene. Okay. And then, yeah, that's how the LA scene started for me. So being part of a scene is very beneficial, would you say? I for mean, sure. For yeah. sure. And I was blessed. Like, it's hard to say. Like, there's, I mean, I... The LA scene is such a weird one because there's so many sub scenes and micro scenes and this and that. But as far as like being in a collective of other people doing what you're doing from fucking scratch and it's working in some way or form, it's something special and it does make it. You know what I mean? It does go further than you think at some point. Right. Okay. So you're writing this stuff, but do you assemble a band in order to be able to pull it off live well, or was it yes yes and no i mean the boys i you know it's 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 just an understood thing that i'm you know i'm the artist and i'm writing the music and these boys are also 
a part of the band. It's just, I hate putting, you know, I've always wanted to get to a point where it just wasn't, you know, they can all do whatever they want. They can put out their music. They can tour with other artists, but they're in Kid Bloom. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like easy for everyone, but also for me, it allows me to, dude, it just allows me to get my fucking ideas out. Yeah. Are these guys that you've already known or an audition situation or just, just people you've come across through music? Yeah, people have come across through music. I mean, Clayton is the drummer. He's like one of the filthiest drummers. And he's just like the most handsome down to earth dude. <laughs> um, and then we'll link to a picture you, of him in show notes. Yeah, yeah, of course, of <laughs> course. And then you have Ian, who is um, just like the most rock and roll bass player, but also super modern about it. And I'm talking about his playing. He's he's playing on a lot of the new records, um, and I believe he played on Sweet Dream on the EP. And and and, and uh, in one year, he's a great bass player. Also very handsome. And then you have Dan, who is Australian, and he's just the funniest dude on the planet. Like, <laughs> he's, he's, and, he, and it's just such a tight knit group. And what's so cool is we're a four piece. So it really feels like, you know what I mean? It really feels like when we're on tour, it's like, wow, just the four of us are making, making this sound. You know, it feels really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. And then, so, so still you're doing this without a label for a while, right? And, and gaining yeah, yeah. popularity? Yeah, I mean, trying. <laughs> Are there certain breakthroughs that, that you can look back and, and see as markers? Like, oh, that really propelled us forward? Or You know, I'm going to be honest with you. If I, Okay, so my biggest breakthrough personally, if I'm going to answer this completely honestly, is the song Sugarcoat because I dropped it independently and within like a week, it got 2 million streams. And that's when I felt like, okay, if I... And those numbers don't mean anything to me. I swear they don't. It just, That's for the good. first time in my life, it kind of felt like, okay, someone actually kind of cares. Someone, someone's listening to you. How do you think that spread? I don't know. Just organically, huh? I literally, man, I could, I could not tell you. I, I have the best manager in the world. Her name is Summer. Um, and she is literally like, she moved here from Texas because of me, basically. Not, I don't want to take all the credit for it, obviously. <laughs> She's bringing her kids yeah. and her family here, and you know. But I was wow. her main. I was her main gig. Yeah. So she she dropped everything, and for her to have signed me within like, dude, two years, she takes me on for two years and signs me to Island. You know, like it's she's she's such a hard worker, and I attribute a lot of the spreading and the the even change to my mindset and the energy I was putting out to her. So that's great. So just looking at how you've released music thus far, I'm curious, how do you think about releasing singles versus EPs versus LPs? You're talking to someone that has never released an album and has looked forward to that moment, you know, in his whole, in my whole life. Can't wait. You know, that's like a dream to put out an album. Okay. So for me right now, my mindset is I'm in album mode. But the interesting thing is, Nowadays, you have remixes, right? You have five versions of the same song with different people on it. I'm going to be honest with you. I think a lot of it is oversaturation. I don't think there's anything wrong with releasing single after single. I think quality is something all artists should strive for because it's, it's just so fun to do so. But as far as in the position I'm in, I'm actually going to, I might surprise you with what I'm about to say, but I'm really cool with that. Like, I just want to put out as much as I can. You know what I mean? I, I want to, and that's good for me too. You know, when I die, I want to have like a massive discography, you know, instead of like, 
you know, to me, it's, it's not it, at the same time as it's not being quantity over quality. I want to, in the essence that I'm chasing after the highest quality that I could possibly, you know, achieve, because that's what I like to think that I do when I write music out of trying that writing a fuckload of songs. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so are you tempted to go the single route? Cause you have something and you well, want to both. get it out there or okay. both literally just both literally fucking yeah. throw out three singles just cause, and then put out an album and then maybe put out another EP. Cause it's, you know, a hip hop vibe or it doesn't matter to me. Yeah. I just, to me right now, the one thing that matters is just like, I don't know, writing stuff I'm proud of, but are you going to hold back certain songs? Maybe say, Oh, oh I'm going to yeah. save this for an album. Oh, I'm doing it right now. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, I absolutely am doing that right now. Um, I would let dude, I mean, Hey, I would love to, one of these days, I'd love to play you some of this stuff. Yeah. How far along are you? Dude, I have 10 songs right now. Recorded? Yeah. Believe oh, wow. it or not. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm over here in quarantine. <laughs> Making use of the time. Good. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's like, I, I don't want to sound, I don't want to sound like I have 10 songs already. Obviously <laughs> not a, my, half of them might not be on there in the end, but I'm, I'm happy that it's moving. So you, so you still want to write, get a bigger catalog and then choose from that pool. Yeah. It all came from my, my dad told me this. And if for some reason, it's one of those things that stuck with me forever. Dude. He said, write a hundred songs out of those a hundred songs, 50 of them are going to be horrible. And the other 50 of them are going to be somewhat cool. And then out of those 50, 25 are going to be like the ones. And then out of those 25, 15 of them are going to make the album. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And out of those 15, one of them is going to be a hit. Can you kind of get a sense when you're writing them? Like, do you get a little sense like, okay, here's the single. This is, this is the one that's going to be going around. Yeah. Yes. And no, I, I, I have. Yeah. I get the sense it's, but to me, the sense is just a translation of being so excited and I'm dancing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if that, I'm not sitting there like crossing my arms, like, yeah, this is the single. <laughs> if I'm, I'll, I'll be right. like, I'll be like dancing and like, Oh man. And then I almost, you know what? I almost don't even think about that at all until the label hits me up and goes, yo, this is the single. Cause they kind of look at it through. I let them look at that through their lens, you know? Right. All right. Let's get deep. What do you want your life to look like in 10 years from now? Dude, that's a very interesting question. If I mean, first of all, in 10 years, I would like the condition of, of the human race to be a little bit better. Good goal. I mean, yeah, let's hope we can do it. The world is crazy right now. And I'm going to be honest, it's hard for me to even envision anything for myself. But as far as where I want to be in 10 years, I want everyone to be healthy. I want to be standing on the freaking Coachella main stage. And I, you know, I just don't want to see the end of it. Yeah. I don't want to see the end of it. I just want to chase this dude. I want to have more phone calls with you. You know what I'm saying? I want to, Sounds good. by the way, I mean, dude, I've been fucking rocking you guys for all my life and it's just so cool. You know, this is a great moment for me. Like you guys want to talk to me. <laughs> yeah. I've been, I've, it's about time, man. I've been, I've been paying a lot for your guys' strings. It's about time. No more. All right. I'm Good. totally kidding. No, I'm so no, kidding. It's, man. it's great to hear that you're already playing them. Though. Yeah, man, they're the best. Hey, my dream. Hey, I'm not even kidding. Check this out. This is a little bit. Of, this is a little bit much. Yeah. Okay. You know how you guys have the names on the back? Yeah. Yeah. My dream is to one day be one of those names. Yeah. It's good company on that pack. I've actually interviewed a few artists who cite getting on the mm -hmm. pack as a big moment. But see, that's what you guys did. Like, that's something to be said, you know, that's super cool.
to, you know, you're a company that took it like, okay, well, the, the string is where the touch starts and let's see who gets it. And you know what I mean? I just think it's cool, man. That's cool. All right. All right. Lightning round. Let's go. If you could tour with any band or artist past or present, who would it be? Ooh. Okay. In the past, Electric Light Orchestra. Really? Yes. Just because I'd want to sit side stage. <laughs> um, and then maybe just, I, oh man, I just love, I love, oh, here's one. Okay. Stevie Wonder, Electric Light Orchestra. Either one of those two. Okay. Um, and then in the present, it would either be the band Phoenix mm-hmm. or Tame Impala. Okay. Favorite way to pass your time on tour? Sitting in the van with the boys somewhere on the side of the road, like having a beer, honestly. Or yeah. in the really in the shitty hotel rooms. Okay, just hang out time with the boys. And that's just me being very nostalgic right now because I've been stuck at home. Right. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Oh man, so so I mean, it seems like everyone's just itching to to jump out there as soon as it's possible, dude. And you got you got to understand too. And I'm I'm speaking for like because okay, this is do you know the band the Marias? Yeah, they're very good friends of mine, and they they started popping off uh, quite a bit before I did. Um, and they like, you know, they grew a massive uh, following and they're doing really well. But what I mean to say by this is for us to be friends, you know, we'd be friends growing up. So it's just starting to get so rock and roll for us, you know, and then this shit happens, which I'm not putting it on us because we have a lot of work to do as people before we even deserve to have this kind of fun again. But I'm just saying, you know, it's, we're, we're really itching because like, we thought this would be the year that we would actually do this. You know? Right, right. But hey, fuck. I turn 25 next week. That's also another thing. Oh, you got plenty of time. <laughs> <laughs> you see there's plenty of time. I'm getting nervous, dude. Yeah, I remember feeling that way. <laughs> That's great. All right. Let's see. Best gig ever. Anything stand oh, out? Yes. Best gig ever. Oh, man. Okay, check it out. Santa Ana was one of the craziest shows when we were on the Lemonhead tour. Um, I had, dude, this was so sick. Place was packed, which was a new thing for me. I've never sold out a venue like that on tour. Place was packed, and I'd said into the mic, I said, I, uh, you guys have to excuse me because I uh, don't have a voice. Like that. Um, and then, dude, I didn't have to sing a single word of the whole hour set. Like, <laughs> it was like literally not on the mic. Like, it was insane. Wait, why, why was it just that one gig? You, did, could you really not? You just wanted to try it out. No, 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 no. I literally couldn't talk. I lost could, yeah. my voice. Remember the polyp I was telling you about? Yeah, the yeah. surgery? So that was really starting to act up on that tour. Okay. And to the point where like Summer, my manager was like, dude, I don't think you should sing this next show. <laughs> like, and then I would be like, I have to. Um, and then this gig showed up, you know what I mean? And I just said that. And I was still singing, but it was so overwhelming, the singing back that I had to, you know, just let it go. How about worst gig ever? There was a couple bad gigs. One, so check it out. It's funny to say worst gig ever because these things make me laugh and smile so much now, you know? Right, right. Um, but one, dude, I don't know if you're familiar with the Fox and the Hound. <laughs> it's no. a bar in the valley. It's like a fucking rundown dive bar. And we show up and we're like, oh, the Fox and the Hound. That sounds cool. We show up and we're literally playing in the tables, like where everyone's drinking. Like there's literally people, first of all, nowhere to be found. There's only one couple in the back of the room that's having like a weird date night at like one in the morning. (laughs) Right. And we're completely by ourselves. 
in this fucking bar, literally by ourselves, completely by ourselves. No one in it besides the bartender and this couple. Yeah. Um, and then we finished the set and we're packing up. And <laughs> this fucking couple comes up to us and goes, we fucking loved you guys. <laughs> so, uh, that sounds like so, the best gig ever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's the worst and the best. You yeah. Know? So you won over a hundred percent of the audience. <laughs> yeah, dude. I think, I think I won the hearts of everyone that night. All right. Here's, I don't know why I put this on the list, but let's try it. If you were to buy three houses around the world, what cities would they be in? That actually works for you since you're a worldly man. No, I love this question. As a matter of fact, are you ready? I got it. Okay. Yeah. So I would obviously need my studio creative house in studio city. Okay. California. And then I need like one very, so this might sound, this might change over the course of my life, but I would love to have an apartment in New York for when, cause my label sure. is there and it just would be awesome. So apartment yeah. in New York house in Los Angeles. And then here's the crazy one. You ready for this? Yeah. A full out mountain goat mountain home in Austria in the mountains. Wow. Yeah, how weird is that? You know what? I mean, that you got to mix it up. You got LA and New York covered, so yeah. And I mean, that make, kind of makes sense. I identify with the Austrian side of me, so I, and I spent so many summers there. I just, I love it. You know, it, you'd get it if you were envisioning the food that I have in my head right now. Right, right. <laughs> okay, I already know this one. If you were a professional athlete, what sport would you want it to be in? Yeah, you know, soccer, water polo. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, are you still playing at all? Do you get out? I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm ridiculously out of shape, Evan. Yeah. I have I have a beer belly at the moment. <laughs> and um, I'm making a ton of music, so I'm slunched over every day. But yeah, I, I, you you know, I do. I mean, it's so hot right now, too. But I, there's so many stupid excuses. I just have to get back out there. Yeah. Uh, what is your most popular song? Streaming-wise, I don't think I have outdone a different state of mind at the moment. Right. At least on Spotify. That's what I saw too. Yeah. yeah. I think that's still the one, which, Hey, there you go. That's another, like, that's another thing that artists kind of, you know, maybe have trouble with. Well, I do at least is like trying to beat a song is kind of also not where my head is. You know, I'm just kind of trying to write stuff that yeah. eventually hopefully will surpass it, you know? Yeah. But yeah, that's the most popular one, at least in the eyes of Spotify. Do you ever wonder why it is like what it is about the song? You know, I actually do sometimes. And I think, you know what it is? Huh. Completely the fact that I wasn't thinking about anything else but singing that song when I was writing it. And, and I think those subtle things really go a long way. Like, yeah, that's and dude, Evan, man, like I really, I, I actually have to say, I really like these questions you're asking because I feel like I can answer them truthfully as well. But with that song in particular, man, it's, <laughs> it's, oh, it's so haunting to me, you know, like it's, it's so, and it's so funny. It teases me, dude. It's like, it literally sits there and it goes, I'm just two chords. I'm just <laughs> like, you know, I'm the simplest yeah. fucking song you've ever written and the best doing one. Like, you know what I mean? Fucking teases the shit out of me. Did it come together easily? So easily, literally yeah. in five minutes. The yeah. Dude's two chords. Yeah. And then like, and you know what's funny? So that song and then this other song that I just put out on Blood Sugar called uh, fake a smile. Those are the uh -huh. two fastest songs I've ever written. They were like, and by fast, I actually mean to more say easiest because it just kind of came out 
in a very short amount of time without much thought. But I'm trying to, I'm trying to, what you were saying with that, I'm trying to kind of bring that back a little bit to the music that I'm making now. And that kind of just, dude, just like, you just got to let it all go. And like, I, I'm just very grateful to be in a, in a place right now where I am able to let it go because, you know, you take me back two, three years, I was very angsty and anxious and fucking, why am I not signed? And why don't I have fans? And, you know, I, yeah. I don't want to hide behind that I've just had this mentality the whole time, you know, because it takes, it takes growing out of really, really negative situations sometimes to be able to just like see that it's not necessarily that you're not talented, but it has to do with the state of mind that you're in. Yeah, that's, that's great. You know, sometimes, sometimes I'll be wrestling with a song and I'm like, should it be this hard? Should I just move on to something else? That's the worst feeling of all time. And guess what? <laughs> yes, it is that hard. Like when you ask yourself that question, here are the two things you have to say. Yes, it is that hard. And B, yes, I should do something else and come back to this. That's right. how music works, right? Like, because there's no mistakes as well as when it feels, is this right? It feels like, oh, am I doing this song justice because I think I can do better? Or am I, or is it just fucking bad? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Um, there's so many levels of doubt to it. And that's another thing, man. Doubt, that's a huge thing. I played a thing in my life. Like, I just recently stopped doubting myself like a year ago, bro. Like, just this doubt. Like I make psychedelic, you know, pop, whatever the hell it is. And how is that going to be in the, you know, world of the Travis Scott's and the Drake's and how is that going to ever possibly work? Yeah. You know what? Whatever. Well, I can't wait to hear the new stuff. I'd love to play it to you, man. Yeah. Well, this has been great. Thanks for doing this. Any parting words or anything you want people to look out for in the future? I'm just, I'm really excited to, uh, to come back on this show and talk about the record, man, when, it, when it's about to come out. Yeah, would love to. That's awesome. Yeah, man. Me as well. And dude, thank you so much for having me. I was like very, very genuinely excited to uh, speak to you. Thanks for tuning in to Ernie Ball's Striking a Chord podcast. Go check out some Kid Blue and be on the lookout for new music. If you'd like to give this podcast a nice little review, that'd be great. If you'd like to contact us, email strikingacord at ernieball.com. Dude, you might you might have to start an Ernie Ernie Baller Club. <laughs> like that works, Ernie Ball Club. Come on, and it's literally soccer. Uh, I would love it. I That's love hilarious. It. <laughs> we could reach out to all indoor seas and see who plays. Dude, I I think you would be very very surprised. Be surprised.